right, welcome back to the Front End Coffee Break, the podcast where we take a break, grab a cup of coffee, maybe iced coffee now that it's so hot out there. It's so hot in Barcelona. My cat is, is talking to me. And yeah, so we talk about front end, front end stuff. And this is episode 19, 18. Sorry, my name is Ricardo Torres. And with me, as usual, Chucho Castaneda. How are you, sir? Hello. And with uh, quite hot in the sense that there's, uh, yeah, it's very hot in it's Barcelona. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, the fan is my best friend. <laughs> Until September, October, definitely. Mm. Right. So today we have a very special guest, but I will let her introduce herself. Well, hi, everyone, all the way from Munich, which is as hot, I would say, <laughs> these days, and as well uh, as uh, non-AC uh, inside as well. <laughs> wow. So yeah, my name is Ines, uh, Ines Aknup. I'm a senior web performance engineer at Cognizant Netcentric, and very glad to be here. Thank you for the invite. Thank well, you so much. Yeah, really, thank you for coming. You are our first uh, guest, and I'm really excited. I, I think we couldn't have started with a, best, a better guest than you, so I'm very happy also that you're here. Thank you. That's excellent. Uh, yes, yeah, so since we're here, obviously, we're going to talk about web performance and what we do here at Content-Centric. Uh, we have some questions for you to get some information on yeah, performance. Also, if you can give us tips, tricks, anything that can help the listeners uh, improve their performance on their own projects, that would be amazing. Um, all right, let's get started. Let's get into it. No more uh, waiting. Um, first question I have for you, Ines. I'm sorry, it's, it's, it's point blank to you. In 30 seconds or less, when you, when you hear the words core web vitals, what, what is that? 30 seconds or less. <laughs> no. Okay, let's, let's try this. So core web vitals are, well, they're just set of metrics that were introduced by Google in 2020 to measure user experience. Yeah. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. No, honestly, because I think usually you read this online everywhere. Everywhere you read a blog post, you see code by or vitals, and probably maybe junior developers don't, don't know exactly what these are. Those these fantastic metrics to measure performance. Excellent. Metrics to uh, metrics to measure user experience. User so they experience, were actually sorry. yeah mm -hmm. they were until twenty twenty. Uh, Google decided they want to introduce a bit of this like set of metrics to try to measure user experience. You no, know? because we all know how hard is to measure your user experience. No, it's quite personal. Every one of us has, again, a different experience. Everyone mm. gets annoyed by different things. So I would say here they kind of tried to figure out what are these metrics that would measure uh, this the best. And well, to be honest, I think they, they got it quite okay. No? <laughs> Well, it's and it's interesting that um, precisely because Google did it, and if I'm not mistaken, they're using the, the where, where web vitals to actually uh, as part of their ranking system, right? So it's making people make uh, be more aware and more uh, care for performance, knowing that their website is going to be ranked better if they have a better user experience, right? Exactly. So this is, I guess, this is one huge thing that happened is that especially, you know, the the uh, sector of web development towards business, product ownership, and that uh, SEO as well became aware of this uh, very, very important topic, I would say. And it starts, you know, things start moving along. So I think that's, that's a very great uh, thing that happened with introductions. And of course, the significance of Core Web Vitals when it comes to search, search uh, ranking, it's not that high. So of course, in the end of the day, it's your content that still is the most important. However, it can give you, I think some some research show that it can give you a boost up to 4%, which is, okay. it can be quite significant, no? Like, because 
click-through rates for the first spot or second or third is quite different. You know? So if you manage to jump from third until first, I think it's, it, it makes quite a difference. Yeah, but I love what you said that now we shifted from, okay, just load it super fast, whatever it is, do your hacks to actually improve the user experience, make it better for the users. And I think that that's a, a big, like, I don't know, uh, approach difference, right, from, from before. So that, that's fantastic. Um, so if I want to check these metrics for my website, how, how would I do that? Well, glad you asked, no? <laughs> in order well, in order to improve anything, no, when we want to improve something, well, we have to measure it first, no? So I guess the best case scenario would be just, you know, they're great. We can all go home, ciao. Sure. Ice coffee <laughs> and go to the beach. Oh, yes. But yeah, uh, usually the metrics are not that. Uh, uh, they usually don't, don't uh, show the score, that high score if we did not do anything uh, towards that. So that had to be like quite some luck that you maybe had on board someone who cared uh, a lot about it to put some effort. So to measure Corvette Vitals, we have basically two main approaches. No, that generally no came as well from web performance uh, before even like introduction of Corvette Vitals, which are synthetic and RAM or real user monitoring. So when it comes to these two different, so they are not exclusive, they are kind of work together. So how we work in our, our uh, web performance team, we use real user monitoring to find where the problems are and then use synthetic tools to find what the problems are. And then, of course, this would help us uh, solve the issue. Now. So um, when it comes to real user monitoring, I guess the most famous one, no, it's it's the, it's the Google Prox report. No, we have the PageSpeed Insights. So uh, this is the real user data that's being collected on the, well, on the Chrome users mm. that did not opt out from it. So when you accept all of those, you know, when you sell your soul to the devil, accepting the terms and license without reading them for a thousand times. No, I'm really interested what I what I accepted in my life. But basically, you also kind of agree for them to collect your data uh, about performance and then, of course, aggregate it and uh, serve it uh, in the dashboard, such as Crux or PageSpeed Insights. So, for example, PageSpeed Insights are quite cool because they give you both uh, real user data as well as the Lighthouse report, you know, which is synthetic uh, tools. And then, of course, we have different RAM tools, which are, let's say, way um, way more correct. <laughs> knows that you're not only measuring the Chrome users that did not opt out, but you're mm -hmm. measuring more or less everyone. So there is actually one that we make uh, here in Cognizant Netcentric in-house. Uh, it's called Cognizant uh, Web Vitals Monitoring. We kind of decided to do that because we worked with a lot of different RAM tools and they're great. So <laughs> it's uh, no, it, it definitely like having RAM tools. It's amazing. However, they cost. No, so there's yeah. licensing yeah. issues, of course. And there is, again, like you don't get to control the features. So you just buy, maybe you buy too much or you buy too few. And then in the end of the day, having something of our own uh, made sense from the from the perspective of being able to implement whatever we want to help us like, in the end of the day work and, and provide the best service for our customers. And also to not charge for it, no? So basically once you get the service from us, you get the consultant and the tool and you don't have to buy an extra license because once you know you kind of manage to sell yourself that actually sell uh, trying to get client to buy an extra license on top of that is also quite a quite a drag so that was also one of the reasons but then again there is quite some uh, very good tools when it comes to rum and that definitely should be the first step and then again like once you find out where the issue is 
then hmm. you can drill deeper. My favorite tool for that is web page test or like, of course, dev tools, of course, performance ta uh, tab in dev tools as well. There you can, there you can drill quite deep and find out what's actually happening. You, you mentioned quite a bit of, uh, of yes. tools, especially <laughs> of that. Tool, tooling. So many things. Yes. Do you, do you use any of those? Yes, actually, for example, the, the one, the one that you mentioned lighthouse is of course the first step that, that any developer should, should use, at least in my opinion, uh, if you're a front end developer, the first thing that you should try to use or launch hard to use is lighthouse It's like the beginners, uh, the, the entry point, mm. and it gives you quite an interesting information. But as you say, the, the bad thing, the downside about using Lighthouse is that you're doing it on your dev environment. Well, if you're doing it locally, it's dev, it's not the real thing. Or maybe you can test it in your dev environment and still it's not the real thing because it's just, uh, well, maybe uh, an environment that it's optimized or maybe it's not used for, for, by a lot of people. I don't know. But the thing is that mm -hmm. it's not a real uh, environment. And I was really surprised when I found the, the, the other Google tool that you mentioned, the Page Speed Insights. That is based on. I was surprised based on the, the the information that Google is collecting about this. So when you see the score of a page, you're actually seeing the score that that has the page has gotten being used by a lot of other people, and that it's it's very very interesting. I was surprised, and I think if I'm not mistaken, how much was it? Like a month before you get, for example, if you do a change, you have to mm -hmm. wait a month until you see the real the the, the impact that change has in the page. Speed Insights, right? Exactly. I think it's 28 days for Page Speed Insight, and I think Crux does it by month. So okay. every second Tuesday of the month, they release the data for the previous month. So it's very hard, you know, for example, um, when you're trying to optimize something, if you don't have, especially after you do a release, then you have to mm. wait for quite some time to see if, uh, if it actually made some impact. And this time could be used, you know, to do more stories like that, you know, and yeah. of course, aggr aggregate the good stuff or just in the end of the day, not waste time if something's not actually performing the, the, the way that you think or the, like, let's, let's just say having an impact as much as you would like it. In, in your experience, has like the ROM data changed the approach on, on optimizing? Because maybe you look at the ROM data and all your users are using MacBooks or latest iPhones and then everything looks fast and everything is fast, but really you could improve stuff. But since you're real users don't have that need maybe the client says yeah no no need to actually spend money on low-end devices or something have, have you seen well, i guess I, I guess there's a bit of a two you know two approaches to to actually answer this question so first is yes definitely so rom tools give you the real situation so what we do is a lot of times we notice of course i think you, you actually mentioned uh, something similar in your web performance uh, episode as well where is that you see the ROM data and they're way better than your lab data, no? Because in the end of the day, ROM data aggregates all the data across the site. And in lab data, you usually test one site. So maybe you do the worst one or homepage usually. So you don't, don't know how the rest behaves unless you <laughs> actually go side by side, which you know, ain't no one got time for that. And then, of course, uh, other than that, um, it's just... Oh, sorry, I lost. I lost the train. <laughs> but the worries is real data, and and when if, if you change like the approach, knowing that if your users only use high-end devices, no need to go yeah, for exactly. slow so, connections or exactly. And, and and from the other other perspective, uh, so yeah, th there's definitely difference. And of course, what I wanted to say is that you also throttle the network. So you actually you you made in in one point you make it like the worst possible no so you put like so slow 2g and then you hmm. also put like you know uh, maybe four times throttling of the of, the, of your laptop 
So you really get a bad experience. So you're trying to kind of optimize on the worst possible scenario, which is great. No, it's a great way to start optimizing. However, again, you can end up over-optimizing, you know, just using too much time to do something that's in the end of the day, not that relevant. Uh, so of course you have this option. And then of course, from the second point of view, uh, there is this question that comes up. If you do this, if you optimize only for the users you see on your RUM tool, are you maybe excluding someone else? Right. No, because optimizing for only for power user, even though most of your users are power users, are you kind of maybe excluding someone who would like to come in, but because you, you know, they couldn't have a good experience, they went out, and then mm. of course you're kind of again blocking them from actually accessing yeah. the site. Yeah, yeah. It's also a bit like accessibility, you know, that maybe yeah. most of your, uh, the vast majority of your users are, won't benefit maybe directly from accessibility, but should you, just because of this, should you exclude, exclude working on making the experience for those who actually need it? Exactly. I think it's worth it. I, we should try to do an inclusive web and oddly, or I don't know if, if I would say oddly enough, but curiously <laughs> enough, um, this is one part that I think accessibility and performance meet up in, in, in the middle saying, uh, we do this so that everyone can have a good experience of using the website, not only for, for, for uh, most people, but for those that might have limitations, whether it's physical limitations or technological limitations, they still get a great experience. Now, I'll be yeah. the devil's advocate here. And, and I think, I think <laughs> Go. In, the end, in the end, it comes with budget. It's, it's budget, right? And it's business and business will say, I'm going to spend another 10,000 to fix something that only impacts uh, 0.5% of my user base or something. I don't know. I think it's, it's a business decision. All right, Unfortunately, so, it is. Yeah, yeah fortunately, yeah. it is. So I maybe some listeners know, oh, I already know about Vitals. What are you talking about? But I know there has been a big change in the recent Google I.O. conference that happened. Mm -hmm. Was it May? I think it was. Uh, what, what was the change in the Google Vitals? Uh, okay, so if, if, the, if it's the change I think you're referring to. <laughs> Let's see. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let, let's just go one step back and like, well, Core Web Vitals, for, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, consists out of the three main mm -hmm. metrics. No, they're a uh, metric for loading, which is uh, LCP, largest content paint. We have uh, interactivity metric, which is first input delay. And we have visual stability metric, which is cumulative layout shift. So these metrics uh, are the ones that have been originally introduced in 2020. And with what I was saying, you know, that Google just tried to measure uh, user experience, they also said that they're going to iterate over them and to see what works, what does not mm. work. So with, again, talking with a lot of developers, a lot of business, a lot of, you know, generally um, across, you know, people working across web development using these metrics, uh, they came to a conclusion that actually there is a better way to measure uh, interactivity. So okay. from March uh, 2024 or next, no, next year, uh, they will replace uh, first input delay with Ta -da 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 <laughs> uh, interaction to next paint. <laughs> so yeah, interaction to next paint. Uh, basically, what it will do is uh, comparing to first input delay, it will measure the full session. So this is kind of the main difference. So first input delay was measuring first input, no, just the first uh, interaction user had with the site, how bad that was, and. Uh, of IMP is going to measure all the interactions across the session and then report the worst one. So that the idea was okay. behind the fact that most of the interaction with the page are done after the loading time. True. 
of these do who has okay let's let's do a little bit of a discussion for of, of the three cur current web web vitals and well maybe the one that's gonna come which one do you think it's the most important or impactful for you as a developer or as a person okay for me well, I don't know. Like, I, I love all of them because first and foremost, I'm a, I'm a rage clicker. I'm a huge rage clicker. So like, I don't wait. Like, you know, it's, again, okay. as, as a millennial, as someone who had like, you know, my first computer when I was four, you know, it's just, I'm used to having these, these things fast, especially yes. like getting content, getting like, as well, like this is my everyday work. So I do like seeing things fast. However, I, I am a power user in my tech bubble as well. So usually that, that's not a huge issue. Uh, so I, I guess for me, the biggest impact was CLS, was the okay. visual stability. So I think this one was one of those as well that you did not know you needed until it hits you, you know? Yeah, so it was like, yeah. oh, like, you know, actually not having thing move around while I'm in the middle of reading is actually yeah. very nice. It is. Would you agree or do you have I mean, any other I was going favorite? To say that's the one I, I, I would murder for. Like, <laughs> I mean, when I'm loading the page I and agree. I want to click on, on a CTA call to action button or whatever it is, and suddenly the thing I moves agree. down and I click on something else, opens a new page, and I'm like, oh my goodness. I, it's painful. I, it, it's, uh, the worst experience is when you're reading, you know, and you're maybe in the subway or you don't have that yeah. much of a, of a fast connection, and you start just uh, reading. And you read the first phrase, and then poop, it moves a little bit. Okay, you scroll oh. again. You start reading, and poop, it moves again. And then you have to scroll again. I hate it. I hate it because it's like it's it takes a long time before you can actually start engaging with a page. I don't care if you're loading the the image. I don't care if you're loading whatever you're loading. If the text, please don't move the text while yeah, I read save, it. Save the space, no, in the end. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Completely. It's just you know, especially because I'm in a flow. No, like I'm reading, I'm doing something, and then you start like, you know, messing with my flow and like, you know, if, for example, LCP, it just kind of delays you even starting. So that's for me, again, like not that bad yeah. because you're kind of used to this as well already <laughs> at this point in time. So if I'm in the metro, I'm going to know my article is going to come like in around at least, you know, one stop or more. So that's okay. But then again, you know, once I start reading, I was like, please don't mess with this. Don't delay. Well, as you said, it, it breaks the concentration, and that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you also work every day with developers uh, from the developers that are implementing stuff? What is uh, what advice would you give? What, what's the most common mistake that people usually or people developers do when <laughs> we're not taking much into consideration web performance? What's the most impactful? Or you think, hey, you guys always messing with this? Please fix it in your future projects. What? Is there something you can pinpoint? Wait, wait, wait. Before wait, wait, you, wait. you you answer this, <laughs> you, you said. Uh, the people, well, developers, so you're implying that developers oh, we, are not we people. We are not people, man. We are just, you know, it's, it's, it's aliens or the monkeys. Okay, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Now, now, now I'm going to like not be very political here because I used to be a front-end developer for a while. And I would say, you know, the, the, the biggest issue here is that, okay, definitely knowing more than a lot of developers know about the topic and actually taking it as a default i would say same same goes for accessibility no built in not bolt on this is something that mm. should definitely be uh, advocated for however i definitely need to emphasize that too much responsibility when it comes to web performance is being shifted to front-end developers and that's not fair that's not a fair game here because it's for everyone, the everyone included in the web development process should know about this, should care about this, 
And in the end of the day, front-end developers are the one implementing what they were told to implement, you know, in a way. So depending on the team, team dynamics, depending on your seniority, in the end of the day, there is so much that you can do. So let's say if you're quite senior, if you can actually, if you have in-house UX team and all that, so you, if you can negotiate these things, then I guess your responsibility would be to go and negotiate, you know, to get that carousel off the hero position oh. <laughs> <laughs> definitely you know <laughs> but other than that like of course if you're if it got on top of you you know to to of course you can definitely do some stuff learn about it apply some practices best practices when it comes however a lot of things do not come from pure implementation they come from the whole process mm-hmm. and this is something that we definitely have to advocate from even even as a front-end developer, still, like, kind of, would you please unload this from us? And again, like, this is why we exist as a web performance engineers. No, the topic is so huge. The topic is ever-changing. It's, it's It just has a lot of, like, I personally, I'm, I'm learning every single day more and more things about it. So I think just having someone who already has so much load, no front-end is so dynamic. So, again, so changing. And I like every framework coming, uh, you know, every three minutes. So that, all these things, it's just... Putting this again on top as a huge responsibility, I'm going to repeat myself. I don't think it's fair. So that's, no, it? no, I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that definitely yes. I use you. You optimize everything and all, and then you're working with content management systems, and then the author goes in and drops 200 components in you in yeah. all hero banners. So it's like it's impossible for you to optimize anything there. So I, yeah. I know. You, you don't have effect. You, you don't know, like, you know, you cannot affect this part. So that's again, especially like in our case, we're working with CMS and you just don't know what's going to be there. And the, the my, to me, it happened. Of course, I was a front end on, on the project. We went from scratch. I was very, very, very cheerful about performance. And then the content came in. So, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Then the you know, content came in. <laughs> it's always like this. And of course, then you have to go into the fights. And unless you, you know, until you uh, figure out that the money is the word you need to be uh, throwing around <laughs> and not the passion and user. <laughs> But the user needs to get the best experience. Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> it's the money. But we don't you're have losing money. Oh, now you <laughs> have our attention. <laughs> Which and and this is this is something fantastic that you mentioned that it's a responsibility of the entire team, not only a front end developer. Yes, a lot of the times the front end developer is going to be working on a lot of the of these issues, but there's so much more happening in the back end, happening in I don't know in the in the infrastructure, and I love because I it was something that I lived. Who hasn't had a fight on the page is not it doesn't perform very well and you say well i wonder if it's the carousel that i have to load with five huge images i don't know maybe maybe it's that i don't know it's hard also an- analytics libraries and you know a b testing and personalization it's oh the, the, don't get me started on that <sighs> party <laughs> no no personalization it's it's i i've lived the nightmare as well and of course we always try to find the best way to yeah. of the client get the the a good personalization and as well a good performance but sometimes it's hard especially if the client says no 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 change the page entirely like reload the page it's like no i mean yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice yeah, yeah. but it's better than maybe reload certain parts but don't try to go for the entire page and this is something that you as a developer might have a say on but ideally mm-hmm. the project manager or other people that, that talk to yeah. the client the requirements engineer will be the one that says hey Stop it, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look for another solution, more move logic to, to the server side, not client side, move away from yeah. just JavaScript. Mm-hmm. But I think it, there's a lot of like education as well, right? because maybe yes. they, yeah. they just they just want the user story, but they don't know what it entails, how much, all those things. 
Mm. All righty. Um, moving on, what else is here? Uh, we were going to say or ask you also, what has the most impact on performance? What what can we do? Or what, is there something that... We like can... the easy wins. If you would <laughs> also, say, yeah. Sure. It, it, or do you mean something uh, no, else? No, no, no. Because... That... It's an open, open, open. The There's no open. easy wins. <laughs> it's also possible. You have okay. to work okay. hard. <laughs> True. Feel some broad. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, that's that's something that uh, I believe. Again, Corvette Vitals did a huge, uh, huge favor to all of us. You know, while opening, you know, this again discussion about this. So for me, the 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 easy wins again would be removing kilobytes so wherever you can kind of remove kilobytes that would be something good no this is something that goes you know the fastest kilobytes are the ones that were never delivered ah. okay so but, <laughs> but this for example yeah. I, I guess that one of the, the these things and just the first thing that mm. comes into mind is images images is something yeah. that we've learned not to deliver when it's not needed you know because exactly they're under the fold or and there's and even um, browsers have implemented ways to do this, mm. but there's also uh, what do we do? For example, if we have a browser that it has a slow connection, is there any way? Because I mean, the images are not going to be loaded, but is there any way that we could that we could find out the connection mm. speed that we have and do something about it? Or so I would say uh, generally. So um, it's not an easy win. No, that this mm. is definitely not not an easy win. But uh, taking client again. Uh, so, sorry, client, not client, user. No, user is something that we should definitely concentrate on, having, you know, user-first, user-centric. And this is something that uh, I believe would as well benefit a lot performance in the future is designing progressively, you know, with the progressive enhancement, which was mm. introduced mm. quite some time ago. Mm. However, it never kind of stuck too much. Mm. And this is a shame because at the end of the day, progressive enhancement lies on top of the... Um, respecting user preferences hmm. you know so actually a few a uh, few years back i think around two years back we also like we we created this small library that was that does that no it's called proc ux it's open source you can find it on the centric github repo nice. and it basically just help, helps you it has two different parts it has a part for production which is literally one kilobyte super small it kind of goes inline and it adds the uh, it adds few of the parameters to uh, css to the uh, um, I, uh, I think actually to the body Hmm. And it adds a few things to the local storage as well. So what's the user connection uh, speed? If the users have, say, the data mode on, uh, what's there as well? Preference, which is very important from accessibility point, motion, reduce motion. Hmm. Because animations can trigger uh, some of the actual medical conditions in people, and we don't take this into consideration. And that's, again, like, it's it's not nice, like, not <laughs> taking these, these preferences. So, like, basically designing in a way that delivers basics and then enhancing it towards the power user that can load all the videos and carousels and all that because they have a limited plan and unlimited hmm. energy and unlimited uh, processing power well, not unlimited but let's say <laughs> that we do you know <laughs> and what we have an i'm one so we're good no so all that is something that but then it's not okay towards the users that are using an average phone no which is like uh, the newest iphone is not the average phone and i think sometimes yeah. people kind of forget that that it's like an average phone just go to amazon and see what's the best seller and this was what is like well we'll give you a bit of a feeling what the actual average phone and maybe like even try using one <laughs> try testing on top of this phone I, and seeing like what's true. the actual user experience on that 
I, I've, I've had to, for, for some tests, have to use a real phone to do some tests that it's yeah. not the newest phone and sometimes you see, okay, this is bad. I hate it. Yeah. And you know that you need to, to fix it. Mm. And it's nice, as you said, using the Prop UX, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you can determine what things or how you can deliver things to try to deliver the best experience in the perform in progressive enhancement way, which we mm. have the episode. So if anyone's interested in that yeah. topic and hasn't listened it, listened yeah. to it, do it. So yeah, basically, there's also there's this like, small development part which helps you develop for it. So there is like a small nice. model that you can include in okay. the development. This was why that's, that's actually why it exists because otherwise you can just do it yourself. Mm. So it just has this small model that it, like the point is to switch between the states straight away. So it just kind of forces the state and this kind of helps you develop straight away so you don't have to. It kind of mocks the state for you. Well, we can share the link definitely for, for this for anyone that's also interesting to, to seeing how we work on this. Think the can the final question final question what? is it a, a final question uh, yeah okay final question two minutes let's go uh, what to look forward in terms of what performance is this coming year and we know we talked about the Google IO but is there anything else you would like to to share pay attention to be on the lookout for I don't know I'm <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I guess this is something definitely. So, uh, for example, client I'm, I'm I'm working with, we already started optimizing for IMP, and IMP is all about Oof. JavaScript. You know, about reducing the amount of JavaScript, uh, modularizing it, not having one big bundle, having smaller tasks. No, so long tasks is, is anything that's over 50 milliseconds. So having small tasks that actually let's say kind of giving a break to the main threads in a way. So this is something that I think it's definitely. It should change a bit of the mindset when it comes towards mm. using JavaScript for everything. No, and again, as a as a or like you know front ender, I love my JavaScript. Now as a web performance, it's a tor torn in my tie. But again, uh, it's just we're talking here about unused stuff. So if you need it, if you want to use it, absolutely go ahead with it. But there's so much unused JavaScript out there that is just. I hope that IMP will help us clean this up. That's fantastic. So we still have time until 2024. But yeah, definitely it's a good approach to start thinking about. Yeah. Just remove JavaScript. I mean, I, I love works when it's just, just CSS. My side projects are only CSS because why JavaScript? I hate it. But, um, but yeah, different episode. Uh, Ines, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. Um, yeah, and the rest, if you have more questions about what performance, leave them below. We'll maybe do more episodes of performance. Just ask for it and you'll have it. Uh, thank you so much and see you in the next one. and coffee break. See you. Have a great day. Ciao.